Welcome to Fitchix Chat. Today's episode is brought to you by Keto Breathalyzer. We spend so much time guessing what to eat for best results, when to eat, and are overwhelmed by reading and hearing so much conflicting information. It's exhausting. Here's the thing, though. Not everybody's the same, so while eating at certain times might prove to be effective for your BFF, those times might not work for you and vice versa. If you're ready to finally take the guesswork out of it and have your body actually tell you when you're in a state of ketosis, then listen up. Today's episode is sponsored by Keto, the most scientifically proven and designed tool to help you discover when you're in a state of ketosis. This tool is amazing if you follow the keto diet as it will help you understand your own body so much more clearly. Not on the keto train yet? Remember, keto is not just for weight loss. It also helps with inflammation, preventing long-term diseases, and so much more. Please visit www.getketo.com forward slash fitchicks, www.getketo.com forward slash fitchicks, and use promo code fitchicks to save 20% off your very own keto breathalyzer kit today. Welcome to Fit Chicks Chat, the weekly podcast dedicated to educating and empowering women to take control of their lives, where we talk about fitness, nutrition, wellness, mindset, and a whole lot more. Today's episode is brought to you by FitChicks Academy, where we help heart-centered women just like you who love health and fitness get certified as fitness, nutrition, and health coaches and build amazing businesses. So if you're ready to create the life, health, and career you love, please join us for our upcoming Holistic Nutrition Weight Loss Expert Certification Program. To download the brochure today, head over to fitchicksacademy.com forward slash H-W-L-E brochure to learn more. Now let's dive into this week's episode of Fit Chicks Chat. Welcome to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast, where we talk all things fitness, nutrition, and wellness for women to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out. And now your hosts, Laura Jackson and Amanda Quinn. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Fit Chicks Chat. My name is Laura Jackson. And I'm Amanda Quinn. And it is almost 2020! So bananas. What the heck? It's crazy to think that this is not only just like a new year, this is a whole new decade. Right? I know. Like, I remember when we were younger and we would talk about like 2020, it was almost like, it was like this alien, like such a far Flying cars. Yeah. (laughs) Which, which really now, like think of all the insane robotic stuff that we already have. And even today, what we're talking about is how the fitness industry is changing again for 2020 and our kind of thoughts Mm -hmm. on that. But, you know, looking at like even hoverboards and Google home, like it's really crazy how like robots literally are running. Or like those jetpacks, the flying jetpacks that people use over water and stuff. (laughs) But I just find it so interesting too, how like the littlest things that we do now that we always for so long, like we almost don't even think it's that crazy, but like, like Alexa and Google home, right? Like we ask them to turn on our lights unlock our doors to give us recipes to play our music and then also like even when you look at so many different things like with cars like now we have electric cars like there's just so much innovation and self-driving cars yeah (laughs) like tesla and stuff no and you know it's funny like i think it was you that i was talking to about this and i was saying like when maddie was sick a couple weeks ago i was like nonstop Googling stuff, right? Like, oh my gosh, like, what about this? What about this? And I try not to be like the, like, Google doctor. Oh, dangerous. No, no, but I also have to read about symptoms and scenarios and, like, what I have to watch for in terms of fevers and things like that, like, just to make sure that I'm not, like, missing something. And I'm also not exaggerating things, right? So you have to be careful. But I remember I was like, man, like, thank goodness that we have this little device that I can do this from versus, like, what would we have done back in the day? You either go to a doctor or you go to the, like, the library to read about things? Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we like, buy the index cards. <laughs> Do you remember we, that? We are actually the only generation. So we were born in 79, and we're part of that generation who we've lived before the internet. So we yeah. remember life like that, and we've, like, adopted it and lived during it. So we're this kind of, like you know, mix of both. And like, literally guys, that's what we used to do. We used to go and like, go to the Dewey decimal system at the library, find a book, like it's insane. And that's one thing I just, before we dive into these trends, which (laughs) is going to change the way you guys work out, but I want you guys to really think about how insane and how amazing the world is today. And I was listening to a podcast recently with Gary V and he was talking about how people are complaining so much but we live at the best time in all of history. Like the possibilities for you, for 
your business, for your life, for your health. Like there is really no barriers anymore for anyone. Whereas before it used to be like, unless you had a library in your town or a gym in your town or something like that, were you mm -hmm. able to actually do these things? So this is where we're going to dive into our top fitness trends for 2020. And also just some of them, of course, it's interesting how a lot of them recycle because the one thing with fitness mm -hmm. is you still have to do it. You can't get Google home to do your workouts for you, unfortunately. And get one day. Well, actually I was reading um, that apparently, and I'm not selling this and I'm not telling anybody to do this, but I was reading that apparently they're coming up. Scientists have come up with a pill that you can take that when you take it, it actually makes your body react the same way it would if during exercise. Like, so it goes through the same process internally without physically having to actually do anything. So it still goes through like fat burning stages and all that kind of stuff. Like, but you do nothing if you just take it in the morning and then it does that. Is that insane? Like, A, like I would never endorse that because <laughs> I also think that movement is medicine in its own right. But also it's like, it's just crazy to think that like, we're at a place where like, we just, we want quick fixes all the time. Right. And, like, well, and I always think with, to be able to like avoid the work, get the answer, avoid the work, get the answer. And I'm like, well, well what's that going to do to you? That's I think bigger picture. Oh yeah. Because yeah. for everything, <laughs> for everything, there's a cost. And that I was just actually watching a Netflix show and they were talking about this, but for every action, there is a reaction. So yeah. there will be a cost for that. If you totally group and I mean, look at a lot of, I don't them. think it's out there yet. I doubt it will work because most of the pills that have ever been out there, I mean, gosh, remember ephedrine, remember so many of the obese pills like that ended up killing people. There's just, well, yeah, yeah, guys, we don't need to go into that. We need to move our bodies <laughs> and we need to understand that no matter what we still fitness, it should never be looked at as a negative thing. I think obviously mm -hmm. I love fitness, but I just think that we have to start to shift the way that we are looking at our workouts because we have so much more available to us now. Like, whereas before people could be like, Oh, I don't have time. I don't have this. Like literally there is something out there for everybody that you can, there's no reason or no way to even make excuses anymore. Mm -hmm. I also so, think just sorry to add, to add in when you were saying like, you know, you have to shift your mindset around it. Like I used to think of movement and fitness as like my punishment, my punishment for like certain things that I did, like my behaviors were like negative. So then I would use fitness to like almost punish my body to being like, Oh, you ate this now do this kind of thing. And it, it was a shift in my mindset to be able to be like, wait, no, fitness is actually like a privilege. Like I think of it now as a privilege. Like I'm like, I'm so totally. grateful for what my body can do. I'm so grateful that it, you know, after Maddie was born, that it could heal and I can do these things again and I can move my body and that I even have the privilege to be able to take time out of my day to do those things for myself. So it is, it is a mindset shift for sure. Well, and it's just, it, it's so accessible now. So when we're going to talk, what we're going to talk about today is the top fitness trends for 2020. So mm -hmm. American Council of Sports Medicine, every year they release this list. And then what ends up happening is that, of course, these are the things that they're seeing, but then a lot of other fitness, you know, establishments and magazines, they start to add in their own trends and what they're seeing. So what we've done is we're going to talk about ACSM's top 10, and then we're going to share with you guys what we're also seeing that are not included in this list. Mm -hmm. So the first thing, the number one fitness trend for 2020 that ACSM is seeing is wearable technology. Mm -hmm. which was on the list last year. I believe it was like two or three, but now we're seeing it move up because more and more people are getting involved. Of course, we're loving the tech and we're loving all of the coolness that's coming with, you know, technology and all of the, um, all the companies that are putting things out and we're tying that in with movement. So, and I love wearable technology. I'm kind of old school though, because I still love like, I just love them for like pedometers. <laughs> That's like yeah. my main thing. To tracking your steps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I think it's one of the best ways for people just to be aware of their activity, right? Is like, if you have a pedometer, it's very clear to you, you have an actual measurable and we cannot manage what we don't measure. You have an actual measurable, like, you know what? I'm wondering why I don't feel good or I'm gaining weight. Oh, wait a second. I walked six steps today. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it becomes, it becomes accountability. It becomes awareness. It becomes like actual data as opposed to like, I feel this or I think this it's like, no, this is the facts. So yeah. 
there's like so many different things too, because now there's like all of the smartwatches that, you know, do heart rate. They do, they track your sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, they buzz when it's time to move. Like they have GPS tracking devices so you can track your distances and all these things. But what people are seeing is that it, um, it's something that mostly keeps people more accountable and aware. And they also love the community. Definitely. And I know too, a lot of gyms are incorporating this as well. Like think about um, like Orange Theory, but then there's also other gyms that I've seen popping up that are like, that have tracking systems. And it's almost like, again, part of the community aspect, but it's also like a challenge thing for yourself. So like your score, for lack of a better word, is tracked. And so then you actually have something to try to push against every time, which is a really cool way to think about it. Because it's like, if you know, like you said, if you can measure it and you're like, okay, like I was in here two days ago and I did X amount of push-ups, kind of thing or I did X amount of time or I ran this much or whatever or at this speed, you know how to push yourself a little bit more because I think when it comes to fitness, especially when you're when you're participating on your own, whether it's even in a group setting or whatnot, you sometimes will just like, you're like, oh, I always pick up this weight. I always go at this speed on the treadmill. I always do these things. Whereas by having something tracked, it pushes you to just get outside of that comfort zone once it becomes comfortable. And also, I think one thing I always love about wearable technology too is like you can then measure your improvement because as soon as you start to see yourself making progress, like there is no bigger motivator than seeing progress. And some people's progress is on the scale, which we don't recommend. That's why wearable technology is so good because if your progress is, you know what, I used to walk 4,000 steps a day and now I'm up to six, like that is something to celebrate. Or like, my heart rate used to be at 64 rest of uh, my resting heart rate was at 64. And now it's at 62, right? Cause a lower yeah. rest, a lower heart rate means you're healthier or like, you know, like you said, I, you know, could do this distance or now I can do this distance. Like it becomes like this performance measurable as opposed to just like, okay, I'm looking at numbers on a scale or I'm looking at how much weight I can lift. It gives you some different measurables that then give you more motivation. Definitely. So, I really think that if you're someone who struggles with motivation, and I think we all struggle with motivation, even though we have all these tools, I think, especially around this time of year, like wearable technology, it's a really great gift to give to somebody. Totally. (laughs) I know. Although, just make sure it's something, my husband bought me one last year. He bought me a smartwatch, but it was so big. It was like so gigantic. It was bigger than my wrist. I was like, I can't wear it. Like I need something <laughs> stylish yet. No, it was like it was the face of it was literally like if you can see like it was literally like this big. Like it was like the size of like I don't even know, like a hockey puck. I was like, okay, honestly, like this was like out of control. Like I would be like, I couldn't even get my jacket on. I'm like, oh I can't put my jacket on because the watch is in the way. Like it was out of control. So <laughs> be mindful of who I think he bought it for himself really and just was like, Oh, here, Merry Christmas. I didn't get you anything, so just take the watch I bought myself. <laughs> so the number two is something that we I mean for us we've loved it forever and we've been talking about since 2008 and it's still it's still in the trends as of 2020 it's never going away (laughs) away, and that is high intensity interval training Mm -hmm. now high intensity interval training for those of you who haven't heard us talk about in a while of course it's a short burst of high intense um intervals followed by a short period of rest or recovery or lower intensity intervals. Mm -hmm. So we love it because it's quick and it's dirty. Like you can, you should not be able to do high intensity for longer than 20 minutes um, on those intervals. You can do it for as low as like four minutes with a Tabata. It's so time effective. The benefits, of course, because you get the afterburn, like the benefits are so huge. And I think still to this day, one of the biggest blocks for people exercising is in addition to motivation is time right? We always like to use that reasoning of time. So like our counter to that is, well, if you could do a seven minute high intensity interval workout, do you have seven minutes, which Mm -hmm. we all have seven minutes. And, and to add to that, like just, you know, this is something that I personally follow is that, you know, the time, like time is limited sometimes I get it. But even if you do seven minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, anything that 10 minutes is better than zero minutes. And it all adds up. So it's like every single little bit, like, yes, try to get in like full workouts and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like, and if you are going to do those short workouts, just make sure that they're intense, like follow a HIIT um, training method or a Tabata training protocol. Well, and that's just it is that 
the duration doesn't matter. And there's more and more research showing that the longer the duration, actually the less the negative effects that it can have. Mm-hmm. Like you could be counteracting like your muscle building. So the thing with high intensity interval is you get kind of the benefit of both. Like you get the benefits of strength training because usually it involves, you know, intense movements that challenge your muscles. But then you, in addition to that, you get the cardiovascular because it's pushing you into your anaerobic zone. And then you also get the benefits of long-term calorie burn because then it's like after you get the afterburn, which studies have shown up to 36 hours after you finish a high intensity interval workout you're burning more. So, and the hormones that are involved, there's less, even though cortisol is high, which is our stress hormone, which can break down muscle. It's only high for a short period of time. Whereas if you're doing low intensity steady state or a workout for 60 minutes, your cortisol is going to be higher, but for a longer period of time, which then can have more of a negative effect. So it's like, we have to, there's still this mindset I find around you know, the time you work out and people just have this attachment to being like, well, I, I have to go to the gym and have to be in there for this amount of time. But mm-hmm. if you could get the same results with a seven to 20 minute workout that you could with a 60 minute workout, which one are you going to pick? Yeah. Right. Or maybe even better results. So really? high intensity intervals, one trend though, and this is something that I wanted to add in that, you know, they didn't mention in this and something that we're seeing a lot of, is that high intensity is still really popular. But one of the things that came out along with high intensity is there was a lot of people who were like, I can't do it because I, you know, I have limitations because maybe they've had like injured knees or um, they're a level one, let's say, like they're first starting out. And they found that a lot of the high intensity intervals were like plyos or, you know, kind of associated with things like CrossFit. And it was just too much for them. So one of the shifts that has been happening over this last year, and I'm going to like, I think we're really going to see in 2020 is this shift into more high intensity, low impact. So almost like mm-hmm. hilt, hilt program, <laughs> <laughs> but it's these like more of the high intensity, but you like doing the, um, the intense intervals on things like spinning bikes, right? Like a lot spinning is huge. And a lot of spinning classes are built like high intensity intervals, um, or rowing. Rowing is massive right now as well, because again, there's no impact on your joints, but you can really get your heart rate up. Swimming is another one. Uh, so there's things that we're seeing more of those programs being built into it, which is awesome. Cause now anyone who has had like knee injuries or can't do the big movements, or also it's just, you know, when you're doing overwhelmed by it or intimidated by it. Even. Yeah. And, and doing these types of exercises too, of course, you can cause injuries if you're constantly putting a lot of impact on your body. So this way you get the benefits of both. And I think that trend is going to really move forward more, um, in 2020. For sure. So that's our high intensity intervals. Um, we're going to kind of breeze through the next couple because these are always on the list. So <laughs> the next one is group training. So of course we still see, but we're seeing it more in like a, in so many different types of classes. I find, I don't know about you, Amanda. Yeah, no, I definitely see that there's so many more different styles of classes and there's a lot of new unique classes that are like hybrid classes that are like combining different styles, which I really like. Like I remember the very first time I saw a class like that was when I went to a studio in Toronto called Spinja <laughs> and it was a yeah, spin yoga. Do you remember that? And it was like up in um, like the Boris Hill area and it was like, it was a hybrid of spinning and yoga. One of our old instructors, MJ, uh, she used to teach there. And that's how I learned about it. But, and this was like years ago. And I was like, that's so cool. Like, it's like two of my favorite things, spinning and yoga combined, you know? And I just think that those kinds of things are like PIO, like with Beachbody's PIO programming or anything to do with like, there's a lot of, um, what I've noticed too, that's becoming really popular is group classes that are focused around like a lot of martial arts style classes, which I think is amazing. Um, but yeah, I just think that that's definitely trending. So it's not necessarily the, the traditional, not saying that like step aerobics isn't like amazing. And like we used to do step aerobics all the time. <laughs> that was like our jam. I, love, I still love step aerobics. Yeah. But I, I just find them too complex. I get overwhelmed when I go to them because they try oh, to I, do too many spins and stuff. And I love it because I feel like you're not thinking about the workout. You're just thinking about around the world, J-step. See, I just think I just trip over my feet and then I end up just doing... Um, 
up and downs, like, cause I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> it's kind of like how I feel about Zumba. Like I just, I end up just like standing and just kind of moving my hands because I don't really know what to do. Anyways. Um, but yeah, so I think that those kinds of things are going to like still exist and they're still big. And the thing, the thing with group fitness is that it is that community aspect. It's that feeling of like being a totally. part of something bigger than yourself. And it's also a way like going back to what we we're talking about the wearable technology. It's a way for you to like challenge yourself because regardless if you are competitive or not, when you're in a class and like you see people say either you're doing like a run fit class, which I also have done in the past. You see people like running at like a certain speed. You're going to want to try to keep up regardless if you can or not. It's going to push you and you're going to be um, inspired by other people around you. And it doesn't have to be a negative thing. It has to be, it's more of like a positive thing. Like be inspired by it. Don't be envious of it. And that's one thing. I mean, I think it's, it's kind of underrated in this whole, like when people are talking about fitness trends is that one Mm -hmm. thing, like, like when it comes to fitness, one of the amazing things about it is it's a really great positive way to make new friends. And I know that sounds cheesy, but like we're dealing with a lonely, (laughs) with a loneliness epidemic. Like we're more connected than ever, but people are saying that they're lonelier than ever and feeling isolated. So it's a really great way to go out instead of going out to a bar or going out to like a restaurant and eating, like to meet other people and be doing something that's positive for you. Like I yeah. even for me, I have gotten back into doing a lot more group classes because I work from home. Uh, one of my favorite things right now is spin. I love it. And I do it for my cardio days. And I go to one of those studios though. It's like, it's like one of the ones that does it to like really good, like high. I just found one around me. Remember I didn't tell you I've been looking forever. I found one. It's, it, I just bought a membership for it. Cause I'm like, I love that too. When it's like on the beat, they have like an old school hip hop one and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm so so yeah. they do like at mine, they have like Kesha night and they have like <laughs> Usher versus like little Nas. Like they have all these mashups, but the thing is, it's like, it's hard to get the beat. Like it's really hard, but it's like one of those things where even though during that time, like it's not like I'm meeting other people in the moment. Cause I can't, you can't talk to anybody while you're on the spin bike. Plus they do it in like, <laughs> it's like pitch. Yeah. There. Um, but I like group class like that. Cause I'm one of those people. I don't like partner work. Like I like to teach it, but I don't like to do it. So I want to be in my own lane doing my own workout and then, but I do like it because now it's like the before and the after I've started to see like make like meet new people. But also I usually go with one of my best friends, Jackie. And that's kind of like one of our date nights is like, we go to a spin class and then we go for TF. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, there's so many people that I've met in my world that are part of my world still that either A, were students of my group fitness class, which they all became friends too, which is so cool because we created this cool community, but also in my yoga community that like, you know, the founder of Power Yoga Canada has become a really close friend of mine that like her and I just connected from me just going to classes and constantly just being there all the time and being present and just chatting after class, right? So you never know and you can meet so many cool people. And like that's where so and also for anyone who's listening to who's thinking about, okay, our group class is dead or who are looking who are already certified and trying to think about different ideas of how to like build out their programs. Like Amanda said, that's one thing like that is really hot and we're seeing more and more of is these hybrid classes. Mm-hmm. So like these classes that are like a yoga hit or like the Pios or um, like yoga running or yoga, uh, sorry, hit rowing. Like that's one that I've done too. There's a rowing studio in my area and mm-hmm. they do these classes that are a mixture of like high intensity intervals on the rowing machine. Then you're doing like either like strength training on the mat and you're alternating between the two of them. So if you're a group fitness instructor and you're thinking about like your classes, think about how can you make something that's a little bit, you know, taking old concepts and making it a little bit different. And if you're not certified, there's so much opportunity because people are always looking for group training. And we also have our fitness and nutrition expert program coming up. (laughs) More information on that at (laughs) fitchicksacademy.com. So that's group training. Then the next, next two, I think kind of go together in a sense, but can or cannot. The next two is training with free weights is still a super huge trend. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that. And it's funny because when we first started teaching fitness in like 2008, you know, that was before this CrossFit craze and um, people were like, you know, lifting weights, but there was, there was a big emphasis on like machines at the gym. Like everyone, yeah. was doing, like if you went to the gym, you were doing like 
the you know, a machine circuit. Yeah, you would <laughs> they even had it set up like like when you signed up at a gym. I remember getting like the machine circuit page. Like it's like so you go. It's like and they're all set up in like a circle in a way to like it's like you move from this one to this one to this one, and it was all machine circuits. Exactly. Curbs. That's all that it was too, right? It was. I've never been to curbs. They wouldn't let me in once when I tried to go. But and it was. It was set up the same way, where it was like a machine, then like a body weight, then a machine, then a body weight kind of thing. But it was like in a circle. And to be honest, like they still have that at my gym. Yeah, and I think it's awesome because if you're someone who's new and you're new to like lifting weights, the thing when it comes to machines it does give you a lot more structure because of course, if you're new to weights, uh, we always recommend to getting a personal trainer at first to mm-hmm. show or watch training videos because you can injure yourself if you don't know proper form and the machines, they, they can give you more structure. And especially if your, your balance is off. Um, however, machines, they really limit your range of motion and we all have different body shapes, body types, lengths, um, so for me, for example, like even if I'm trying to do like the bicep curls that are on the machine, Oh, I can't do those at all. Yeah. It's, it's awkward. It's horrible. Me. And it pulls on my upper arms that it actually like physically hurts me. So, but when we were first starting out, like that was the major trend, right? It was just the machines and especially for women, but now yeah. we're seeing like the free weights are still growing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, CrossFit came in, but that's a different level of lifting, but it's like kettlebells, like kettlebell classes, like when, Amanda, do you remember a kettlebell when we first started teaching? Like there was no such thing really, no, not in the mainstream no. as a kettlebell. No, 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 no. They definitely just like became a really popular trend for a while. Then they, it's not that they died off, but they're just like, it was like this weird, like hot moment that they had. And then they, now they still exist and they're still great. And yeah, don't get me wrong. I it's love just them. That I do too. I use them all the time. And I did a whole, um, if anyone's interested in learning more about why they're so beneficial, I did an interview. Um, on kettlebell specifically on our podcast. So just go back and look for it. And it was with Kindle. Um, and it was just talking specifically about like the benefits and the differences between using free weights versus kettlebells because kettlebells force your body to balance differently. So it forces your core to work harder. And that's why you see like a lot of people with super shredded cores when they're doing kettlebells. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's like, when we're talking about free weights, that's the thing. A lot of people think of just like dumbbells. Yeah. Or barbells, but really it's like kettlebells. It's medicine balls. Even like medicine balls are really heavy. I would even say like resistance bands to, to an extent because, mm-hmm. you know, to me, they're so free. When I think of free, I think of like, as long as it's not non-machine, like machine. Exactly. <laughs> non-machine. Yeah. Exactly. So like you might also find too, like, I mean, just to add to that, like with machines and stuff, when you were talking earlier about like different body types and things like that, like, you know, for me, for example, um, I can do, I like using two machines at the gym. I like, or three machines. I like the leg press, like the seated leg press. Cause I feel like I can go heavier with it than I can when I squat and things like that. I also like, um, the seated leg extensions and I like the seated leg, um, Oh my gosh, the leg curls, like for your hamstrings, but I can't do the laying down ones because it hurts my back and it's uncomfortable for my body type, like the way my body shape is. So it's like, when you realize that though, don't force yourself through those movements. If the machines don't work for your body type, figure out how you can still target those muscles using free weights or using any of these other resistance bands and things like that. Because it's like, I know for me, I can't use that machine. So I don't use it specifically to keep myself safe. Well, and I find too that like, it's like, you know, with those machines, you're like forcing yourself into a box, right? Because it's that's really, what I mean. Yeah. It's pre-created for you. And so don't feel bad if your body doesn't fit, like Amanda's saying, into all of those boxes. Like, yeah, we're all made completely different and amazing. And there's an exercise for everybody. It's just like figuring out the ones that work for you. So for me, like I do love the laying down uh, hamstring yeah. curls. Um, I was like link curl. Yeah. yeah like any, you know what I meant. <laughs> pretty much any, um, my other one is the lat pull down. And then mm-hmm. I do a lot of cables for resistance versus a machine. So I guess that's not funny. Cool. I do a lot of cable work too. I love cables. Yeah. So that's kind of more like free weights because it's, you know, you're not really tied into a machine. Um, but the other one that I like, so I like the lat pull down machine. And then I also like the pull up machine because for me, I find too, like upper the weighted body. one to like help you kind of learn that. Yeah. The assisted pull-ups. Correct. But so when it comes to like any type of weight training, yes, we're seeing this, like, you know, of course free weights are there, but like 
I always think to just compliment, like use a mix of both. Mm -hmm. And if you are just starting out and you don't want to, you know, you're nervous to do the free weights and you're nervous to do the machines, just do body weight, like regular, no weights at all, but just like body weight squats, body weight lunges, just push-ups. Those are the movements too that are the core foundational movements for anyone starting an exercise program. And then you can get crazy and start adding, you know, in weights and adding in all these like different moves and all this other stuff. But of course you've got to get the form down and also get your body awareness down, mm-hmm. which is a lot for people. Definitely. Uh, the next one is personal training. <laughs> so personal <laughs> training has been this trend for 2020. I think again, this one has been on the list forever. It's been in, again, we'll never go away. Yeah, it should, it shouldn't. <laughs> it's been in the top 10 since this list has been out, um, which started in 2006. (laughs) But people, of course, still love that personal attention, right? Like there's nothing, there's nothing that makes you more accountable than having that one-on-one with someone. And of course, being able to have a program that's tailored to everything that you need versus like, you know, a group program, which is more just like for the general group. Yeah. The one thing I would say, just if you are someone listening and is considering getting a personal trainer, check out a couple before you decide on one. Like whether you meet with them, if it's a virtual trainer or it's an in-person trainer, kind of like do your research and maybe like, you know, talk to maybe two different ones to find out their approach or maybe three to find out what their approach is to find out sort of how, and don't base anything on price. If you can, I know that price can sometimes be a bit of a thing to like hold you in place, but like try not to let that be the decision maker. Don't be like, Oh, well they're both offer personal training, but this one's $5 less. Like don't just use that as your decision making process. Find the thing, find the connection with the trainer, find the feeling that you have that like they're going to support you and make sure that they understand what your goals are. And they're asking the right questions. If they're just saying, this is what I can do for you, but they're not even asking you any questions. You might want to look for someone else because you really want to make sure that they're not just giving you some sort of like blanket approach, but instead actually giving you something that is tailored. And I'm speaking yeah. from personal experience. <laughs> and like, and so I'm, and I am too. Like, I honestly think, I mean, I've had some, horrible personal training in my past where like literally I had hired a trainer, me and my friend, Allison, we were sharing a trainer. So that's one way you can do it. Like cost effectively is you, you do two at a time. So, so great. You're getting that personal attention. They're developing a program for you. But it, we hired this guy. It was when I was still working at Hilton and we go, I remember the- this. I yeah. remember this. Yeah. And cause you would meet him like at, at Hilton, like after work or at this at lunch or something, weren't you? We like meet him after him work. There? It was at the gym that was close to us. Yeah. I remember what the name of the gym. It might've been a good life. I'm not sure. I remember that. <laughs> but he literally would just stand there with his timer, not even talk to us and be like six more, five more, Oh God. Three more minutes. Like never was looking at our form. Never. And I'm like, but this is the problem I think with so many people. And again, we've done past podcasts on how to find a personal trainer, what to look for. And I think Mm -hmm. this is important too. If you are a personal trainer or you're looking to get certified as one to listen to this, because this (laughs) is one of the biggest complaints that people will have. Yeah is that their trainer literally just stands there while they do the exercise. Or it's like texting. You see it at the gym all the time. You see trainers on their phone and they're like clients just like doing push-ups with like their butt in the air. (laughs) Yeah. And of course, like if a trainer cannot be doing the workout with you when they're there to check your form and they're there to make sure that you're doing things safely and correctly and pushing you. But it doesn't mean that they're just standing next to you with their arm up, like leaning against. And it, that's where it becomes so boring. Like to me, I'm like, I'd rather just work out by myself. So I listen to music versus someone yeah. just staring at me the whole time. Breathing. <laughs> I can just hear them breathing beside me. <laughs> yeah. So like if you are hiring a personal trainer too, just do like a, an intro session to see if you're a fit because it's like anything in life, right? Whoever you're working with, you want it to be a fit. It's got to feel good for you. It's got to feel authentic. It's got to be your style. Like maybe you want someone who's more tough love or you want someone who's more like rah, 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 or you want someone who is more just like down to business, like whatever it is that your style is. And that way you can see before you invest in like a huge package or whatever that is. Agreed. But I love that this one is on the list still, and it's been on the list for 10 years, just like group classes, because this is what we always tell our students in our fitness and nutrition expert program is that there is more opportunity and there will always be opportunity if you build the skill set as a fitness and nutrition professional, because mm-hmm. it has ne- it never goes away. And if anything, this industry is growing like crazy guys. Like, yeah. 
there is the fitness industry. I can't, I pulled the numbers and I can't remember what it is, but it is increasing like, like year over year by like $10 billion. Like it's crazy Mm -hmm. because we're seeing such a need. Well, yeah. And I think that people now more so than ever before are ready to invest in their health because they're realizing like back, you know, when our parents were younger or even back in the day, like it was always just more as like an aesthetic thing. And there's nothing wrong with using it as aesthetics, but there's so much more of a focus now on healthy living and counteracting all of the stuff that we come across in our day-to-day life now right? Like between processed foods and chemicals and all these other things that are in our life. Like, and I think that people are starting to see like my health is my wealth and I've got to pay attention to it a little bit more. Well, and that brings us actually, which is interesting to the next one on the list in the top 10 is it's listed as exercise as medicine. So Mm -hmm. this is actually, there's this huge global health initiative that's happening. That's focused on encouraging doctors and other healthcare providers to actually include physical activity and a physical activity assessment with their treatment protocols. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> and, and even when this past year, when I, um, when I was named the top fitness professional of 2019 by Campit Pro, that was part of my speech is that I truly believe in my heart. And this is why I'm still so passionate about this industry after being it after all this time is that we are some of the top preventative healthcare positions that are out mm-hmm. there. Because fitness and nutrition will prevent you from going down that place of getting type 2 diabetes or heart disease um, or all of the things. And I'm not saying 100% prevent, but can give you a way better chance because all of those, um, a lot of those diseases are lifestyle related. So if you can change your lifestyle. And I love this because the, one of my biggest gripes when it comes to doctors is that so like, I've never gone to a doctor when I've gone in there and they have told me, you know what, you need to take some vitamins, you need to get better sleep and you need to move more. It's always like, here's a pharmaceutical, here's an antibiotic, here's a this, and then come back to me. It's like, here's a, you know, antidepressant, whatever it is. And so this is Mm -hmm. where just, I love this so much that now it's, we're being recognized more for what we do and it's being more included, which soon, which means it will become normal, right? It'll be normal to Mm -hmm. your doctors and get them to say, you know what? I want you to walk 10,000 steps four times a week. You know what I mean? Like that will become, and that will shift the way that we see exercise. Cause still right now, like you said earlier, there's still this idea of like, if you if you say you're going to exercise, people automatically think it's for vanity. They automatically yeah. are like either, oh, you want to lose weight or, oh, like, look at you being so healthy, which health shaming is a huge thing. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Or like, oh, We've you know, experienced like, it how many times in our life? Like, totally. <laughs> totally. So like, it is something that it just has to become more of like our normal lifestyles, especially in North mm-hmm. America. Like in Europe, it is still a lot more. It's, it's, more mainstream and more just, you know, taken as word is that, you know, you eat real whole foods and you move every day. Um, so this, I think will, it will have huge, huge impact. Well, it's just, yeah. Like, I mean, your body was meant to do these things. Like, it's just so interesting, but going back to what you're saying just really quickly, like when you were talking about like preventative measures and you're saying, you know, it's not, it's not going to help with every scenario, but it does help increase your chances. I remember being in the hospital when my mom had her quadruple bypass at 55. She was young, 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 young. And just, um, and she is not obese. She, at the time she was smoking cigarettes though, and not eating probably as healthy as she could be, but she's never exercised in her life either. And it's something that is hereditary. So every single one of her brothers, my mom has 15 siblings. Every single one of her brothers has had a heart attack. Most of them have died from it. And my mom is the first female in the family to have that. I remember speaking to the heart surgeon afterwards because I was at the hospital for a while when she was recovering. And I was just like, you know, is there a way I can get tested? And she's like, yes, you can. She's like, but what are you doing right now? And I love this because she's like, what are you doing right now to help prevent as best as possible? Because if this is something that's in your bloodline, it's hereditary, that is what it is, but you can do things. And I said, well, I work out every day. I eat as healthy as possible. At the time, I probably drank a bit too much alcohol, but (laughs) I'm like, I don't smoke cigarettes. I do all these things. And she's like, perfect. I want you to continue down that path and maintain that for the rest of your life. Because if you want to avoid this scenario, and I was looking at my mom on like this breathing apparatus and stuff, and she's like, you want to avoid this? You've got to keep pushing your body to stay as healthy as possible to then hopefully fight off this disease. And it's just like, it is, it's the most powerful thing, but I love that it was a heart surgeon saying to me, 
you do have preventative measures. You do have possibility to avoid this scenario if you just live a healthier life or you continue to live a healthy life. Well, exactly. And that's where we have to start to adopt these practices and start to see and, and not when it becomes too late. And it's hard. Though, yes. guys, and I get it's hard. Like even my right now too, within my family, like my stepfather was diagnosed with stage four cancer mm-hmm. a couple of months ago, like at the beginning of October, just after not even knowing anything was wrong, he was having hip pain and he thought he had arthritis. But, you know, to be honest, he's someone who has never really exercised his whole life. He, you know, he's not overweight either, but which a lot of people, again, they, if they're like, Oh, I'm not they assume. I don't need to exercise. But, yes. You know, he's, he, you know, probably drinks too much beer and he eats better living with my mom. Cause my mom is very focused on health. But as soon as that diagnosis came down, my mom's like, you need to be exercising 20 minutes every day. You yeah. need to be, and they've changed their whole diet right now. Things are going great cross fingers that things keep going great in terms of his chemo and all of that. And, you know, we just have to, we have to appreciate our bodies before we get to that point where we've beaten them down so much that they just can't work. We're scrambling. Yeah. We're scrambling to just try to bring it back. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, okay. The last couple, we are going to speed this up because of course we've been chatting for a while. We love this stuff. Body (laughs) training, which we talked about as well within the, um, within our free weights. However, I just want to add to the body weight training one as a trend that if you are doing body weight training, think about it as your big muscle group. So if you're standing doing a bicep curl without any weight in your hand whatsoever, it is not going to do really anything for you. It's movement. Yes, but it's not going to build any kind of lean muscle. You've got to have like even just like the smallest weights. So do things like push-ups. do things like dips. If you want to focus on your upper body, but you don't have weights, don't just stand there and do overhead presses without any weights in your hand. Yeah. So and- I just had to add that in because I know Jess, our programs manager, will be so happy I said that because it's, it's the one thing as a, uh, she has a kin background and she, uh, and for her, she was like, it is my biggest pet peeve because <laughs> people think they can change their body by just doing a bicep curl with their weights and they really can't. It doesn't really do anything. So Jess, that was for you. <laughs> exactly. Well, and body weight training, I mean, I still love it as well because yeah. It does. It, and especially because a lot of the exercises, they mimic functional movement. So that's one of the things that, you know, we're kind of throwing in here. Some of the trends that we're seeing as well is that there is still a lot of, um, I see even more than ever is these, this focus on functional movements and functional movements are things that you would do every day. Like just say you're going to like pick up your, your baby or which would, you know, you do exercises that mimic that kind of movement or, Mm -hmm you know, you're going to push something that would be like doing a push up. You'd be, you know, you're doing it because it mimics motions in real life. We're not doing yeah. some weird, like one balancing, I don't know, like a bicep curl in a pretzel. Like, so it's <laughs> things that are very simple that it's, and it's important to keep us going in our regular lives, right? Cause exercise is not just a look at it's great if you have big muscles, but if you can't do anything with them and you're totally. limited. So no, and it's funny, I like adding in body weight training every once in a while, like usually about once a week. And like, for example, yesterday, I actually just did a whole lower body workout without any weights. And that was just because I was really exhausted. I was physically really tired. And I just, I didn't want to push my limits the way that I normally do. I didn't feel like pushing my body that way, but I still wanted to get my movement in. And so I actually did a whole lower body training program for 30 minutes without any weights at all. And my legs feel great today. <laughs> they're a little sore from just doing body weight. So it's like, it's possible. You just, I just stayed really focused and did like time under tension stuff. Yeah. And there are so many great, like going back to, again, one, the, another trend we're seeing in addition to like the functional movements, the, like the ways to kind of learn how to do them too. There's so many great apps out there. And this kind of ties in, I guess, too, to like wearable technology, but I think it's kind of different. Apps are huge now and they're going to be huge mm-hmm. in 2020. Um, you know, one of my favorite ones still is it's just the timer now seconds pro timer and they have a free version and a paid version. And I use, still use it all the time. One of my favorites is like, they have a seven minute workout and it's a timer. So it gives you the exercises and it actually beeps to tell you when to move. So it's like 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, but it's something that for like, they have a whole body weight workout that you can just follow along with and you can do it anywhere. So that's something too, like in addition to body weight training, which, 
you know, a lot of, a lot of the apps out there I find are really focused towards bodyweight training because they, they don't think you're going to be doing it in a gym, right? Like we well, yeah, think you're going to be doing it at home. I've seen some apps too, though, that have both options where it's like your at home training program or the in gym training program. So you can flip between the two. And I really like apps. I was using one and it was really cool because it would actually track. Um, it was actually Julian Michaels um, app. I was using that for a while before we did the interview with her because I wanted to like see about her app and learn a bit more about what she was doing. And it would track all of your workouts for the week. It would track like your progress and all that kind of stuff. And it had like different programs like, you know, for like postnatal or like bridal and things like that. But then they also just had like just workouts that you could just choose a workout. Like you're like, Oh, I want to do a cardio workout today. I want to do a hit workout. I want to do this. And like, there's so many, they're so sophisticated now. It's cool. Yeah. And what I love about them too, a lot of them are so inexpensive. Like you, there's ones that have a monthly membership fee, but you can also get ones that are just like a pure download. And that's why for me, I'm not into the monthly membership. Like I like the timers. I like the downloadable apps that I can do for like to work into my workouts, but that's because I already have my workout plan. But if you're looking to follow something, you know, even for us, we have our transformation trainer, which we give new workouts every single week. So, um, yeah, it just is one of those things that I think that there's so many resources out there that even if you don't have the money to invest or you're just getting into it, there's so many really great, you know, apps and also bodyweight apps that you don't need to spend any money and you can start doing them like today. Totally. Um, so the last one, which is on the list is health and wellness coaching, which I love seeing on the list so much. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. Not only because we have our holistic nutrition weight loss expert certification, which certifies you as a registered health coach, but because I think it's, we're finally seeing the importance of this holistic approach when it comes to health. And seeing that, you know, you can't just approach it from like, okay, do these exercises because they will make you lose weight. It is actually like, okay, you are a human being who has this type of lifestyle, who has this type of goals, who has this type of, you know, background, who is this age, who lives in this spot and creating a program specifically that will work for your lifestyle, which is where a lot of people don't really understand what health coaching is. Um, cause it's not, just yeah, like- it's always the question. It's like, what's the difference between like training and health coaching and life coaching? And people are always wondering. Yeah. Like health coaching is a combination of transforming your habits, like very habits based. Um, but also really individual individualizing it too. So it's like how, because just say for example, like you're already active and yeah. you hire a health coach. Well, you're not going to need help. Let's say in the in the fitness area, but let's say that your nutrition is not there. Or let's say that, you know, you can't like you're overwhelmed all the time because you don't, you don't know how to set up your space for help. They can come in and help you with your habits. They come in to get real clarity on what your goals are to create an individual plan for you. Um, And a lot of times it has to do with behavior change as well, because again, people start and stop these fitness programs or nutrition programs, but they don't, they can't make the long-term change. And that is where, I'm sorry, guys, I wish it was like as sexy as the pill as Amanda was saying earlier, (laughs) but the reality is the only way that you can actually change your health for the long-term is to change your habits. That no one wants to hear that. No, but it's absolutely true because if you don't change your habits, you could do whatever program you want. You could like be like, oh, I'm going to lose, I want to lose weight and I'm going to do this program for eight weeks and you're going to lose weight on that eight weeks because you're following it to a T. But then at the end of the eight weeks, if you haven't learned how to change that habit and if it's just because you're doing it for the eight week program, the end of the eight weeks, I can guarantee you nine times out of 10, you're going to go back to doing what you did before that eight weeks. And then you're just going to go right. You're just going to like, it's just like two steps forward, 10 steps backwards every single time. Exactly. Like our, so in our holistic nutrition weight loss expert program, like the major things that we focus on is of course on how to lose weight in a holistic way. So we look at like hormones and digestion and we look at, um, your nutrition. Mm -hmm. We look at movements. We look at not fad diets and pills, (laughs) blood sugar management. Like there's so many things that we cover, but then in each of those, we cover the nutrition recommendations the lifestyle Mm -hmm. recommendations that support those goals and then how to actually coach, which is the major thing. So, so many certifications, they don't give you the actual how to coach Mm -hmm. and as, and which guys, it's crazy how many people I know who have so many certifications and do not know how to coach a client because they've never been taught. 
because all these certain they don't know the steps. Yeah, yeah, they don't give you. So for us, what we use is what's called a habit-based coaching scale, which it turns everything into a real like dialogue with your client and they come into it. And I know even for me, like I've seen massive differences in my coaching and also in my own life when you start to really use this scale because it, it takes things away from like, I was, I used to do this as a coach and I used to do it as a client. Like, have you guys ever gone anywhere where you're like, they tell you, okay, yes, you want to lose weight. So I want you to eat only real whole foods. I want you to, um, you can't drink, you know, any calories. So you got to drink black coffee. You can't drink alcohol. I want you to eat vegetables. This about, and anyways, it's like 50 different habits. And you're just like, yeah, yeah, of course. No problem. And it's like, go. It. <laughs> no, but in your intention is good. Like you really think yeah. I can do this and they're throwing you all of their awesome knowledge. And then you go back home and you're like, holy, you do it for one day. And then you're like, holy crap. Like you're going from eating like let's say you're having bagels for breakfast and, you know, pizza for lunch to now you're expected to drink 12 liters of water and, you know, eat all vegetables and all of this stuff. Like it's too much. Right. And then you don't do it. The coach feels like a failure. You feel like a failure and then no one's happy. So yeah. this way of doing it, this healthy um, habits-based coaching scale, it gets you and the client to be able to create a plan that works for both of you. Because once we start, like I said earlier, once we see progress, and once you master like a habit, it is the most motivating thing. Okay. Nothing will motivate somebody more than seeing results. So it's like, you've got to get people to get to those wins. And that's what health coaching is. It's to get you to those wins and to get you moving forward, not just teaching a fitness class or not just, um, not just personal training and client. Like it's an actual shifting those habits and coming to that place where we can do it like as a team, as opposed to just a short term program. So totally. I love seeing this on the list. I love it. Love, Me love, too. Love. Because I personally, well, I also love our program because it's amazing. <laughs> but it just is amazing to see the change that actually comes out of it when people implement this. And health coaching is one of the quickest growing industries within the fitness and nutrition area. Because people, but the problem is there was actually a recent study done by, um, it was by the American, it was the market research when they do all of the, again, I didn't, don't have my numbers with me, but they do all of like the big market research. Mm -hmm. And it was showing that one of the 80% of Americans would want to do health coaching, but they don't know about it because it's still not a main trend, right? They would love to do it, but they don't even know that it's accessible to them. So that now is the time if you're interested in health coaching to become a health coach because yeah. when, when something is on like the verge of erupting, when it's like, oh, this is going to become a trend, but people are still learning about it, that's the best opportunity for you from a business standpoint um, to be able to get in, but also from an impact standpoint to be able to know that like people are going to be seeking you. So you need to get out there to be able to help the people you want to help. Exactly. Um, which goes into the last one too, which has been on the list as well for the last, I believe, oh, and we forgot, sorry, we skipped over fitness for older adults is also super popular with our aging population. Definitely. Um, but in, it's employing certified fitness professionals. Interesting. This has been on the list though, guys, for the last, I think four years. And this That's from like corporations and stuff like that, bringing health coaches in. No, this is just employing them in general, employing them from gyms, employing them personally. Like if I'm going to hire a trainer, employing them like from owning their own business, all of it. Because the thing that most people don't understand is that fitness and nutrition are unregulated fields. Mm -hmm. So anyone can do it without a certification which is not only dangerous, it is, to me, it's kind of ridiculous. And I get it. Like we learn a lot, right. From doing. So if you have trained with a personal trainer or you've worked, if you were in sports and you learned a lot about sports activity and nutrition and things like that, and then you go out and train other people, your personal knowledge is there, but I still believe so much that we need those certifications yeah. because there has to be that basic knowledge <laughs> and there has to also be that, um, I don't know that I think the standard across the industry of what people need to know, because people are doing things that they should not be doing. And this is where, you know, sometimes we'll get a bad rap and we can't move to that place where we're seen as like preventative medicine or preventative health because people are like, well, my trainer injured me or, or told well, me also, to eat 500 calories a day. 
Also, without, without having a certification and without having further knowledge, even if you've done it for yourself. So say, for example, you have transformed your entire life with your health and wellness and everything else. And that's super amazing. But what works for you might not work for someone else. And if you don't have a certification or education background in that, and you just have your own personal experience, just because you were able to do those things doesn't necessarily mean that your clients will be able to do that too. And so you need to learn how to adapt accordingly and how to create specific programs for them. And you won't be able to do that if your knowledge is just based around you. Exactly. So those are the top 10 for ACSM. And as Amanda and I said, we are also seeing a lot to do with the hybrid training. We're Mm -hmm. seeing a lot to do with apps so that's going to be still continue to be huge in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, functional training as well. High intensity, but low impact. So this is, that's going to be huge. And I think that's going to continue to grow because we know the benefits of high intensity training, but people want to make it more inclusive and to be able to do it for a longer period of time. There's a couple more that I noticed that I put down um, when I put a note for this earlier, but about the functional training too, we are seeing it still out there, but it's less hardcore than like the CrossFit. I think CrossFit was so popular for a lot during the later, and it's still going to be popular into 2020, but there's a lot of people who were injured by not doing it correctly, or they weren't ready to push themselves that hard. So people still want that like functional training. They still also want to do those, um, that kind of Olympic style lifting, that more simplistic movements, like you know, in CrossFit, they do a lot of like climbing and a lot of pull-ups, a lot of body weight, a lot of heavy lifting, but not necessarily, you know, different, um, like specific weight training protocols. It's like mixed in with different functional movements. But I think we're going to still see that, but in a less hardcore kind of way, that's more inclusive to like the masses. Mm -hmm. And then the other two that I've noticed as well is um, from classes at the studio, because people again are wanting that, that it's the time factor is like, we're seeing a huge rise in these at home classes, like with Peloton. Mm-hmm. Peloton has been a huge game changer in the fitness industry because it's kind of a hybrid too, of like a taught class that you can do at home. Yeah. Which is super cool. Um, and I, it's growing like wildfire. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and the last one that I'm seeing as well that I had down was that there is another, there's a kind of a, an amazing throwback or a, a resurgence of walking. I yeah. love walking. <laughs> walking programs and just any type of non-gym related exercise movement. Mm-hmm. Which this also is kind of tied into that wearable technology where we're seeing like not just the, the steps, but they track like calorie burn, they track how far you've moved in the day. Um, but this is really important. And we're going to do a full podcast about this. It's about NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So it's how many calories our body burns when we're outside of the gym. Because so many times we think of exercise or calorie burn as just what we do while we're in the gym, where in reality, the bulk of what we burn is how much we move the rest of the day. So someone who stands versus sitting is going to burn, can burn up to an extra five pounds a year. If you're working a standing desk, as opposed to a sitting desk, it's that Mm -hmm. simple, but we've got to get into that mindset of moving more. And I know you hate this, but I'm going to say it. Like when people talk (laughs) about, um, the whole thing of like even parking further away from the grocery store, (laughs) those are the little things that we have to start doing. We have to start walking to go to the coffee shop. We have to start. Oh no, I don't hate that stuff. I think the thing that I hate is when people are like, just take the stairs. And I'm like, but it takes more than just taking it. Like the taking the stairs will help, but it takes more than that. That's not necessarily that I hate it. I just find that like some people feel like that's the, that's like going to be the answer or the solution. Like that's enough. And I'm like, it's not, but I do think that we need to like, it's enough if you add it, if you add it all together and you're doing all of it. (laughs) <laughs> but it is, and that is one of the, the, the differences too between people who have had long-term weight loss and been able to keep weight off for the long haul is they are just more active people in general. Totally. Just, just even in the small movements that we take for granted. But mm-hmm. like, it's crazy when you really start to think about the calorie burn that happens from all of the things that we don't do at the gym. So mm-hmm. we're going to see a rise and a focus on that of just in movement in general. But walking is still to me, I love it. It's one of my number one favorite activities because pretty much everyone can do it. It's cost effective and (laughs) it gets you 
outside as well, which is so important because we need vitamin D and we need fresh air and we need to, we just need to move in general. Do you remember when we lived up in the northern part of Toronto and we used to go on our power walks and Paula, our friend, used to be at our house and she'd just laugh at us because we'd be like, yeah. you got to go on our power walk now. <laughs> I still remember and she's like, you guys are such nerds. And we're like, no, we just really like walking. <laughs> so I'm going to say, that's, that's yeah. my mom. My mom and I, we power walk every time I'm home. Like that's one of our things we do. It's like, and it's great because it's a great way to just like spend time together, but we're still doing something active that we both can take part in. She's 65. I'm 40. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she's not coming, she doesn't, well, she could come to spend class with me, but that's not her thing. So it's like something that we can still do together. Totally. Okay guys. So with that, we're going to wrap it up. So this is coming up to the end of 2019 here. That was your top 10 fitness trends. Plus probably about another six that Amanda and I are seeing. Um, heading into 2020. So hopefully this inspired you guys to find something that, or try something new this coming year. Or if you yeah. are an instructor, you're going to start get those juices going of like, okay, how do I want to maybe shift or what should I focus on in 2020 that people are really looking for? Exactly. How should I show up? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of opportunity. And then of course, if you are not certified, we have our upcoming certification programs in 2020 for our FitChicks Academy. We have our fitness and nutrition expert program and our holistic nutrition weight loss expert program. We are opening up waiting lists right now. So head on over to our website to check it out. So you can make sure you know, as soon as we open those doors, because we have limited spots. Okay, guys have an amazing day and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Fit Chicks Chat. And remember, if you are ready to create the life, health, and career that you love, make sure to join us for our upcoming Holistic Nutrition Weight Loss Expert Program to become a certified holistic nutrition and health coach. Download the brochure today at fitchicksacademy.com forward slash HWLE brochure, and we'll see you next week.